Welcome to Scan Squad. I'm your host, Patty Teal, here as usual with Deputy District Attorney Vicki Johnson. And we have one of our favorite guests with us today, don't we, Vicki? We sure do. I want to welcome back Judy Chrisman Yates, who is a criminologist and also a financial exploitation specialist. And she puts out a wonderful newsletter once a month, the Financial Exploitation Newsletter, with all kinds of extremely valuable and important information for us to have. So I am looking at the August 2022 newsletter. Welcome, Judy. It's so good to have you back. And I want to start with the first article in your newsletter, which is about smishing, something called smishing. So first of all, start off by telling us what it is. What does it mean, smishing? Well, it is great to be back on Scam Squad. Thank you so much. And smishing is a combination of old terms. And I find the description a bit of a tongue twister. So I want to say up front, the most important thing you get out of this discussion on smishing is it is always a scam. So the way smishing term came about is fishing, throw the line in, you know, waiting for a bite. They added technology that became phishing, P-H-I-S-I-N-G, as though that's not enough. They added texting in there, which actually stands for short message service, SMS stands for Mm -hmm. short message service. And voila, you end up with S-M-I-S-H-I-N-G, smishing. And smishing and phishing are always scams. And smishing is called smishing because it targets text messages. Is that correct? That's correct. However, the messages can actually show up on your laptop, on your computer, on your notebook. It comes in the form of messaging. Any place you get a text message would be a target for somebody who is trying to smish you. Give us an example. First of all, the way it works is a hacker sends out a text that's infected with a malicious link. You open the text and you click on that link. And boy, do your problems begin. I just had an example the other day. I received a text on my phone, and it was supposedly from Amazon. And it told me that, oh, gee, I have an unusual activity on my account, and they have locked my account. And for me to unlock it, all I have to do is click on the link that they give me. Believe me, you do not want to be clicking on any of those links. And tell us why that is. Why do you not want to click on those links? Well, smishing and phishing are always, always a scam. So you want to delete it. I happen to take a screenshot of it so that I have that in my photos so I can check on it. But a question I'm frequently asked is how can I tell if it's legitimate from Amazon or from my financial institution or some company I do business with? Well, my experience is it's just too difficult to tell. The scammers are really, really good. So what you do instead is instead of doing whatever it tells you on that text message, I would go to my Amazon account directly, not doing anything that was texted to me, just go directly Mm -hmm. to my account. And gee, I would log on because this happens to be a scam. I know it is. I'll be able to log on. So I know it's a scam or just call Amazon that is on your statement. You really have to be careful. One of the things I recommend is that you keep a list of all of your accounts all of the customer service phone numbers, and their direct link that if you need help. And when you put that list together, do it when you're not stressed, do it before you are being scammed or before you really need it. 
And don't go to your search engine like Google and just type in Amazon.com because right now we have what are called doppelgangers. And all that means is that there are unrelated lookalike websites that these scammers are putting together. So you might go Google and type in Amazon.com and you just take the first one that comes up. It could be a lookalike. It could be a scammer. So I want you to go to your official account or go to your statement and take the link off of that or take the phone number off of that and have that ready in case you need it. And I'm glad you used the Amazon example because many, many people, including my own husband, are getting these messages from Amazon and they really think it's real. My husband was certain that there was something wrong with his Amazon account. And thankfully, he mentioned that there was a problem with the account and I was able to stop him from going any further. But if he had clicked on that link, what is the danger? I'm guessing that if you do click on the link that the scammers could install malware on your device. Is that accurate? That is absolutely correct. You can install viruses. It's endless what they can do. Okay. And so you don't ever want to click on those links. By the way, if you call a phone number that you're given and you hang up right away and don't say anything, you don't give them any of your personal information, you still now have added your name to unknown numbers of mailing lists because the scammers sell that. So you don't yeah. even want to call a number. Yeah. Boy, it's sad, isn't it? I mean, you just have to be so, so careful. And I'm also assuming that if you did click on a link, it would open up to an area where you were being asked questions. Well, we want to confirm that you are the Amazon customer that we're concerned with. So please give us some information. What credit card did you use to purchase this particular advice? So I'm assuming there's two dangers. One is they can actually install malware on your account if you click on the link. And the other danger is they can trick you into giving personal information that they can then use to steal your identity. Would that be correct? You got that right. So tips, what tips do you have to avoid being smished? Well, it's what I say, go directly to that account in question. If you happen to have that account, it's easy. If you don't have an Amazon account, you know, it's a scam. So just delete it, or you can report it on your messaging app. Look for the option of report junk or spam. You can also copy the message and forward it to 7726, which is the spam reporting number. Or you can also go to reportfraud.ftc.gov. So you can actually take some affirmative action against these scammers if you want to take that extra step. And that's very, very good to know. It's interesting. I recently saw a presentation on scams and we've come to this. The question was asked, well, how do you know what's real and what's not? How do you know what's real and what's the scam? And the answer from the person that was giving the presentation, a very knowledgeable guy said, well, assume it's a scam and work from there. So we have gone from never pick up the phone when it rings, let it go to voicemail, listen to the message, don't pick up unless you know the number, know the name. We've gone from that to assume it's a scam and work from there. It's a sad reality, but yeah. it is reality. It's reality these days. 
So the next thing I wanted to talk to you about was the second article in your newsletter, and that was called Selling Stuff Online. And apparently there are some problems that can occur if you try and sell something online. So what kinds of problems can you run into that we would like to avoid? All right. Well, there are four main problems. There's the fake payment, bogus refund request, a fake check overpayment, and fake verification codes. So tell us what each of those things are. Probably the most popular of all of those is the fake check overpayment. You've advertised perhaps something for sale and they send you more money. And I do have an actual example. In my community, a gentleman had his original Corvette and he was selling it some years ago for $23,000. And he made all the arrangements with this person online and gave him his address. And that person came out and had a cashier's check for $25,000. Cashier's check. You know, our victim ended up and go, oh, well, gee, it's only $23,000. And the scammer goes, oh, well, that's okay. You can just write me a check for the other $2,000, or you can give me cash. That's all right. Whatever you want to do. I just came prepared in case there was more of a cost. Our victim gave him a personal check, The scammer cashed the personal check on the way out of town. As he drove away, vintage Corvette, our victim took the cashier's check to the bank and it was bogus. So he lost the car and the extra money he paid him to drive away. That's unbelievable. Yeah. And it's very common. They do it for lesser items. A fish tank might be $80 and they make it for $100. So they always like to get money back. They're trying to get your money. They're trying to get the item. So that one is the worst. Our partners at Monaster Bank and Trust, one of their shows was on the fake verification scam. Somehow they work as partners and that fake verification code is intercepted by the crook. Let's go to tips to avoid these kinds of scams. Judy, what can you suggest if we try and sell something online so we can avoid the fake payment or the fake check over payment, the fake verification code? What should we do when we're selling something online to safeguard ourselves from scams? Well, if you do not personally know who you're communicating with, you need to never accept a mobile payment from them, never deposit a check for more than the selling price, and never share any of your verification codes. So the best is cash. And if you're doing cash, there are markers out there that you can use to verify that it is actually legitimate legal cash. What if somebody offers you a cashier's check and they come in person like this gentleman did? Then you ask to go to the bank with you Mm -hmm. and you will not take it. You'll go to the bank with them and they can get cash. But a cashier's checks, you and I can make those up on our printers at home. Yeah, that's really scary. It is. The best bet is to meet the person in person. Don't do the transaction just online and ask for cash. Well, and if you're meeting them in person, one of the suggestions is that you meet at the police parking lot. Oh, good idea. You know, don't invite them to your home. The example that stole the Corvette, he now knows where the person lived. He knows all about the victim. Okay. Well, I wanted to also touch on another tidbit that you gave us, which has to do with the extended auto warranty calls. We've all had those. It's my understanding from this article that somebody is going to do something about that. Is that correct? That's right. Finally, 
The FCC, which is the Federal Communications Commission, is finally cracking down on auto warranty robocalls. So the FCC has accused U.S. telecom providers with sending more than 8 billion, that's with a B, auto warranty calls since 2018. And now the FCC is requiring that the providers block these robocalls. So hopefully we'll be getting a lot less. Well, thank goodness. And I did cover this on another show, but it bears repeating because some of us are still getting those calls. So it'll be nice when they finally go away. Now, there was another section in your newsletter, which I thought was really important. I touched on this before with the question, how do you know what's real and what's not? And this particular section talks about how do we know we're getting scammed? There's actually a checklist that you can go through tips for how you know you're getting scammed. So why don't you go through that for us? Yes, the Iowa Fraud Fighters Attorney General's Office actually came up with three indicators, and it's called TIP, T-I-P. And if you get all three of these, you're about to be scammed. The first is T for threat. You know, it raises your emotions, fear, sorrow, excitement. The I is immediacy, a sense of urgency. So if you don't act now, then you're going to miss out on an opportunity or there'll be some horrible consequences. P, there's always a payment with the scammer. So TIP, threat, immediacy, and payment indicators you are about to be scammed. I think that is a great place to end because that is a wonderful way to remember it is all of the things that we really need to keep in our mind to let us to answer that question. How do you know what's real and what's not? Well, go through the checklist that Judy just told us with tip. A threat, something that raises our emotions, immediacy, you have to act right now, and payment. Somebody asks for money, like a gift card, you know you are getting scammed. And that's exactly the time you should hang up or disconnect or do whatever you have to do to get rid of that person that's on your internet or on your telephone. So once again, thank you so much, Judy, for coming on the show. Those are wonderful, helpful pieces of advice. I love the tip piece. Easy to remember. Hopefully, it'll protect many of us from falling victim to a scam. Thank you. Thank you, Judy. You were great, as usual. Vicki, do you want to share your fraud hotline? Yes. Area code 805-568-2442. And I will say that again. Area code 805 805- Five six eight two four four two. Thank you. Thank you so much.